that's what I want to preach for a moment this morning. Our eyes. I can't tell you what everybody else is focused on, but our eyes are focused upon you. Help me preach today, Lord. Help them receive the word. Remove every hindrance. Take away every distraction with authority, simplicity, and with an anointing that breaks yokes. Help me to preach the word today so that we can be equipped for the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And today use it to pierce, use it to expose, use it to strengthen, use it to encourage. For those who came feeling dirty, use the word to wash us today. May we leave feeling clean on the inside, full of hope in the midst of hopelessness, full of life when people around us are worrying about death. I'm asking you now, God, to give us strength, give us peace and joy. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I, I, I'm sure everyone in this room has favorite Bible verses. I certainly do, and Second Chronicles chapter 20, you heard, heard me quote this a number of times. You've heard me repeat this multiple times in our journey together. It's one of those passages in the Bible that has a way of speaking to me in moments of crisis, situations that happen that we were not expecting, things that sort of arise in life that were not on the radar this is one of those texts that has a way of speaking to me and bringing me a tremendous amount of strength and comfort. In this past couple of days and past week, uh, I've had to find myself going back to the basics again. I preached this past week and uh, was so close to all that was going on. I, I struggled with whether I should cancel it or not, but I felt like God gave me a word, and I was praying for that message that I preached at a dear friend's church this past week. And I find my, found myself talking to the Lord and praying, and I asked myself the question, what would the preachers that I was raised with, what would they be preaching in a moment like this? Because there are certain things that don't really matter a whole lot in moments like this. The, the moments like this have a way of purifying our priorities, and adjusting what is important to us. Maybe you don't feel like that is happening. Maybe you have become immune to reality. Maybe you have become so myopic and self-focused that what's happening in the world doesn't bother you because it hasn't gotten to your address yet. And I just want to remind you that everyone in here needs to be able to be real in a moment like this and recognize that we're living in strange times. We're living in unique times. We're living in uh, uh, very different times. And all of us must find ourselves um, in, a, in a posture of, of vulnerability before God, reminding him how we need him and being reminded of how much we need him. And the old preachers in moments like this wouldn't have been preaching about new stuff and bigger houses and nicer toys. In moments like this, the old preachers would have preached about the coming of the Lord. I know y'all don't want me to preach on that today because we, we want to pretend we're going to be here forever. And I certainly believe we've got work to do. Amen. But I want to remind everybody that the Lord is coming. 
And I want to remind everybody that no matter how blessed you are down here, it will not compare to eternal life that we will spend with the Lord in heaven one day. And while we're marching through this situation and this scenario, I want to tell you what the Apostle John told his church. He reminded his church that if you have the hope of the Lord's coming in your heart, you will live a pure and a holy life. You'll get yourself together and you'll be ready for the coming of the Lord. And until the Lord comes, we're going to have to understand moments like this may not be so infrequent. I hope what we're dealing with with this virus never happens again. But I'm going to tell you right now, as we approach the coming of the Lord, we do not need to pretend that we, that we live in a world that is not susceptible or vulnerable to this very thing that we're living in right now. It could happen more and more. In fact, Jesus said, red letters in the New Testament, in the last day there would be pestilence. Y'all don't want me to talk about this. In the last day, men's hearts would overtake them with fear. In the last day, the love of many would grow cold. And why am I talking about this? Because this is part of the journey. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the enemy is going to turn up the heat. And the shaking is going to happen in the nations of the earth. And the church can't lose its mind, and the church can't lose its mission, and the church can't lose its faith, and the church can't lose its authority every time something crazy, unexpected happens in the earth. I want to say this today. We are not like every other social agency and every other social group that is trying to find their bearing right now. We have already found the way. We have found the truth. We have found the life, and it is incredible. Christ Jesus, can you say amen? amen? We're on this journey. Sometimes on this journey we need to be reminded of a formula. I hate to be so simplistic and I recognize there is tension in the journey. But I want, to, I want to be that spiritual zealot that comes to the pulpit this morning and reminds you of what the book says. Because I need to know what God said about all this. I know what everybody else is saying about it, but I want to be reminded of what God says about it. And there's a formula for peace. And there's a way for us to walk in overcoming strength in this moment. And it doesn't mean we're aloof and blind, and it doesn't mean we're disconnected and, and, and not in touch with reality. It means that we believe this word and the God who wrote it. And that instead of being a people of fear, we're going to be a people who stand in faith. This text today is about a man, a godly man. For the most part, Jehoshaphat was a godly man. And if you read the 19th chapter of the book of 2 Chronicles, you will see that it is Jehoshaphat who was a part of a revival and a, a re-implementation of justice and righteousness among the people of God. And he was the king of Judah and was considered primarily as one of those kings of righteousness that reigned over Judah in the dynasty of Judah. And so you see him in the 19th chapter, and he restores what's important, and he gets the people to turn back toward the heart of God and to rule and to reign and to operate as the people of God. And after this, the Bible said in 2 
Chronicles 20 verse 1, after this, it starts that way. After this happened, after he led this revival and this restoration of pure-hearted worship back to Jehovah, after this, the enemy showed up. And there was no enemy on the radar. There wasn't this attack expected on the radar. I mean, they just got their spiritual ducks in a row. And they were beginning to experience blessing and prosperity. And Israel was beginning to experience the goodness of God. And then one day while he's sitting in his, in his castle, in, in, in his, on his throne as the king of Judah, the servants of the king walk into the king's presence and they under fear and trembling bring him a report that there is an adversary approaching. There is an enemy coming. There is, a, there is a, a, a conglomeration of nations that have come together to oppose you, Jehoshaphat, and they've come to attack you and to fight against you. And I want you to pay attention to what the word of the Lord says. It says when he got this news, look at verse 3, when he got this news, Jehoshaphat feared. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment because how many would agree with me that one of the primary emotions that the world and the nation and even our city have been wrestling through over the last few days is the feeling and the emotion of fear, right? Fear is something that would try to seize your heart and overtake your faith and to rob you of, of the ability to trust in God. But I want you to understand this morning when fear uh, is the first feeling that you feel and when fear tries to capture your heart with bad news, when the threat arises and uncertainty shows up, when fear surfaces, I want to tell you that just because fear initially comes doesn't mean you cannot have faith. In fact, faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is deciding to believe another report. Oh, I feel like helping myself today. I'm going to say that one more time. Faith is not the absence of fear. Faith is making a decision. You and I are going to believe another report. What do you do when you get bad news? What do you do when the unexpected happens? What do you do when you get a report that you don't know how to handle? The first thing you feel is fear. And when you feel it, I don't want you to think that you don't have faith. When you feel it, I don't want you to think you're not a child of God. When you feel that fear, I don't want you to think there's something wrong with your walk. When you feel that fear, I want you to understand that it is real, but there is a report that is greater than the report of fear. And that is the report of the Lord. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Somebody's got to make up their mind today that even when fear shows up, the word of the Lord doesn't change. When fear shows up, faith is really what we begin to walk in. When fear shows up and people are losing their minds and panic is all up in the mainstream media, what we've got to do is say, I'm not ignoring the facts, but I refuse to not believe the truth because at the end of the day, heaven and earth will pass away but the word of God will abide forever somebody say amen 
Fear is often the first feeling we feel. You're not unspiritual if you felt fear this week. But don't let fear camp out in your mind. Don't let fear set up in your house. Come on in here, somebody. I, one of the th I told this church I preached that this past week. I'm glad that the body of Christ is a multi-generational body. Because if the church were only full of young people in the, in the room right now, there would be nobody here that could testify. We've been through some stuff like this before, and we're still alive and well. And there's some young people today that might have a little bit of fear in their heart because they've never seen the nation like this. And I want to tell you right now, there are some mothers and fathers in Israel in this room that would stand up and testify to a younger generation that God is still on the throne and God, I feel him on me. He's still in control, and we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now, I want to say this to you. This is the thought that you cannot forget from this message. What you focus on will either feed your faith or your fear. Over the next few weeks, over the next few days, what you focus on, will feed your faith or will feed your fear. I'm going to prophesy this to you. Not really prophesy, but I want to declare this as a matter of fact. If you spend all your time on social media over the next few days and weeks, you will buy unnecessary amounts of toilet paper. You will buy way too much hand sanitizer. You will lose way too much sleep. And you will lose way too much hair. And some of y'all can't lose any more hair. Please hear me. If you'll spend more time on your knees with the Bible in one hand. Oh, come on in here, church. I'm not telling you not. I want you to wash your hands 10 times a day. I want you to stay in the house if you're feeling bad. I want you to use wisdom because wisdom, the Bible said, is the principal thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's some people in here that will testify, some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all of us have come by the blood. And at the end of the day, this virus, I know it's nasty. I know people are dying and it breaks my heart. But I want to tell you there is a name that is above the name coronavirus. There is a name that is higher than it. I don't just believe this in the good times. I believe it on a Sunday morning when hell is breaking loose. Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is still Lord of Lords. Somebody praise him. Holy Ghost, I thank you. Faith is deciding to believe another report. And whatever you focus on in the next few days, you're going to feed. Either your faith or your fear. When the army showed up to attack Jehoshaphat, the army of Mount Seir and Moab and Ammon, their armies were assembled and were as deep as the eye could see, coming hill over hill. Jehoshaphat feared and he feared and. What do you do when fear tries to overtake your heart? You don't stop with fear. You fear and you seek the Lord. If all you do is fear, 
you'll lose your victory. But I have found out that the greatest breakthroughs I've ever had in prayer are when I was afraid and decided I'm still going to pray. Y'all are not helping me on this Sunday. Has anybody in here, I need at least one witness, not everybody, but can I find one witness of somebody who's prayed while you've been afraid? Prayed when you didn't get a good report. Prayed when it looked like hell was breaking loose. Prayed when it looked like demons were dancing and hell was hissing and Satan was throwing a party. Has anybody ever prayed in the middle of the mess and in the midst of a storm? Don't wait till this passes till you seek the Lord because it won't pass till we seek the Lord. And the sooner we seek the Lord, the sooner this thing's going to pass. I'm telling you. Now, I went out of my office today and I said, I got to behave. We got news people coming and we got people watching and we need to look like we got our act together. But I'm about to start hollering and sweating a little bit here because I feel my help coming on. God is going to give us protection and he's going to give us victory. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we need to depend on the name of the Lord. I'm almost through. I'm almost through. What are you going to focus on for the next few weeks? Because if you look at the enemy, you're going to stay in fear. If you read all the reports, you're going to stay in fear. And I'm not trying to suggest to you we don't need information. I mean, I need to know what the CDC says. I need to know what best practices are. I need to be hygienic. Come on, somebody. We need to wash our hands and have respect for everyone's health and well-being, and we need to operate in wisdom. But the church is not going out hiding in a cave. We're going out in a blaze of glory. And that don't mean we have to be meeting in a building, and I'm, I'm hoping we get to. But I want to tell you right now, whether we're preaching on stream or preaching in a building or preaching on a corner or meeting in house churches, he's still God. And we still have to walk in faith and keep believing him. Hallelujah. What you focus on will determine what you feed. If you focus on the enemy and the report of the enemy, you're going to feed your fear. You know what I really believe this moment is about? It has an unintended consequence. Because the spirit of fear is running rampant. It's an actual spirit. And it's attacking anybody that'll let it. And I'm not trying to criticize anybody who's being attacked by it. I'm just telling you, when it hits you, you don't have to. Can I just be real? Fear tried to attack me this week. Right? And some of you can't handle that. I'm not up here acting like I got all the answers. I'm just telling you how I'm making it. I'm not making it because I'm sitting in a huddle twiddling my thumbs reading something that ain't black. I'm making it because every time fear tried to come, I got back down on my knees until fear said, I don't need to mess with him no more because every time he gets afraid, he goes and prays another hour. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got so torqued up this morning in prayer. I was over there by myself, and I wasn't by myself there anymore. 
I started out feeling like I was by myself, but before I left my office, I felt like angels were in one corner, Jesus was in the other, and the Holy Ghost had surrounded. I'm telling you right now, this God I serve is real. I need to get back to my message, but I feel faith rising. People of God, he's a good God, and he's still on the throne. Don't feed your fear by focusing on the report of the enemy. Feed your faith, and let me tell you how. Jehoshaphat gives us the formula for feeding our faith. He comes before God in prayer, and he seeks the Lord. Cute church ain't going to get us through the future. I'm thankful for all of the accoutrements and the bells and whistles, but I'm going to tell you right now, moments like this expose people who don't know God. It's a shaking. Hebrews 12 says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the only thing that can remain are those connected to the one who cannot be shaken. Over the last couple of weeks, people who sat in churches are coming to grips with the fact that while they love church, the question is not do I love church, it's do I love God. I'm not being mean or critical, I'm just telling you, when things start getting shaken, it's time to take inventory and say, is my faith really in Jesus? Over these next few days and weeks, what you focus on will determine what you feed. If you'll focus on the enemy and the tactic and the unexpected attack, you'll feed your fear. But if you'll focus on him, you'll feed your faith. And here's what happens. Jehoshaphat seeks the Lord. And he comes to God and he begins to pray in front of all the nation. In front of the entire nation, he lifts up his voice as he stands in the temple and he begins to remind God who he is, where he lives, the power he has, and his track record of taking care of his people. And he reminds the Lord, in this land, we built you a temple, and in that temple is your great name. And did you not, did we not declare that if famine or sword or pestilence or enemy or coronavirus shows up, if your people would just seek your face and cry out to you, you would hear their prayer and deliver them from their affliction. Now, I want you to hear me tell you this very clearly. A question may be asked, how will we get through this and how will this nation remain strong? Will it be because we followed the rules or because we prayed? You ready for this? Both. Because do not tempt the Lord your God. Foolishness, there is no premium on people who say I'm a person of faith but are living in foolishness. Do what you can do. But at the end of the day, my prayer sounds something like this. I'm washing my hands. I'm sanitizing my fingertips. I've been washing my face in sanitizer. 
bathing in alcohol. But at the end of the day, we have no power in ourselves. And we don't even know exactly what to do. But our eyes. I could be looking at my enemy coming in, but my eyes are upon you. The tactic of the enemy is to distract you. Because if he can get you to lose focus of the main thing, he can rob you of faith. I thought I read a scripture over in Hebrews that said, looking unto Jesus, the author, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Please hear me. That didn't change this past week. He's still saying, if you'll look to me, I'm not only the one, Kevin, that saved you when you were seven years old in a little hole in this church, but I'm the one that started the chapter, and I'm going to be the one to write the final chapter. And can I just encourage you and remind you, if God started this thing of faith in you, he's also the one that will finish it, and nothing has changed. You still got the same author. And I refuse to give the pen to the coronavirus. I refuse to give the pen to these people who have given us the most grim and fear-causing. Listen to me. At the end of the day, Jesus started this journey. He initiated this thing. I got to trust him that he'll finish it. We have no power. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are up on you. Great creativity is going to be given in the next several days and weeks in nations of the earth, in science labs, in testing facilities, and in the church. Do you know what this moment presents in America and around the world? It, it, especially in America. It confronts our models. I, <laughs> I preached a couple weeks ago, don't miss the move. Well, <laughs> can you make adjustments to stay in the river? I can't find no help in here. The reason some people are losing their mind today is not because they think Jesus isn't alive. It's because they see their model beginning to die. What if church is underneath this situation and going through a surgery of sorts and we're being challenged on our delivery models and we're having to come out of this moment saying as we reassess our effectiveness are we really going to allow this to cause us to be left behind oh no my renewed mind tells me that when hell throws out one card God is always two steps ahead of the devil and God will never allow his people to become irrelevant 
Why? Because the church has the message that still changes humanity and God will never allow a problem like this to cause us to lose our prophetic voice. It just might mean we have to reassess how we're doing things. Here comes the radical preacher. What if in this moment God was using it? I didn't say he did it or created it. I'm saying what if he's using it? Never in one week has the God, and I want you to understand, I'm the biggest sports freak in the church, but sports in many, in many places has become an idol. Not in, I'm not saying people who just love a ball game. No, no, no. I'm, I, no, no. I'm just talking about in many places it's become an idol. Greed. Y'all can't handle the radical preacher. You liked it when I was talking real, and you liked it when I was encouraging you, but what if God is trying to address the God of greed, the idol of everything that's kept our focus from him? What if in the next couple of weeks people started having more prayer time? What if we actually read our Bible? It's heavy. That's heavy. I should have saved that for when we came out of the coronavirus. <laughs> What's the solution? Keep your eyes on God. And look what happens when I'm through. They turned their heart toward God. They put their eyes on him. They lifted up and said, we don't have the strength in ourselves, and we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. What are you looking at today, church? Because when you get your eyes on him, something powerful happens, and this text teaches us what happens, and that is when you get your eyes on God, God is able to speak. Because when everybody was afraid of the enemy coming in, when everybody was paranoid over what was getting ready to happen, when everybody was losing their mind concerned about the future, they put their eyes on God, and what happened? The Spirit, read your Bible, of the Lord fell on a man named Jehaziel. I'm telling you right now, everything changes when the Holy Ghost falls and the word of the Lord comes. Every, you hear what I'm telling you, everything changes when the spirit of the living God gets in the middle of the situation. And I don't know about you, but that's what I'm praying happens. I'm praying for the Holy Ghost to come down and the word of the Lord to come forth. I'm tired of opinions. I'm tired of Monday morning quarterbacks. I want to know what heaven has to say about this moment I'm living in. One word from the Lord. Remember what David said? Ran down in the valley to feed his brothers. A giant is standing there. The giant is mocking and defying the God of Israel. And a little shepherd looks at a big giant and says, what are we going to do about this? Is there not a word from the Lord? I thought it said, is there not a cause? The word cause in the Hebrew is debar. It means the word. What David was saying is, can somebody give me a word about this giant? I don't want to just sit over here and feed my brothers, twiddle my thumbs, and talk about how big he is. Somebody get a word from the Lord. Why? Because man does not live by bread alone. You better hear me. Man lives by 
by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you've never had a word life, get one now. It will sustain you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word is sweeter than the honey in the honeycomb. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their destruction. I want to tell you today, this word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We need to be people of the word right now. And when they got their eyes on God, he trusted them to steward the word he was going to release. This is powerful. Jehaziel means, it's a, it's a name of a, of a priest that was standing in the people. They're all standing there. Jehoshaphat has prayed. Their eyes now are on heaven. The Holy Spirit falls on Jehaziel and he begins to prophesy. What does Jehaziel's name mean? It has a twofold meaning. It's powerful. Number one, it means seen by God. The second thing it means is to see God. Don't miss this. When you focus your eyes on him and you see him, you begin to recognize he sees you. I'm trying to get my focus back, Pastor. I'm trying to get my eyes on God this week. I'm trying to get my attention set on him. And I've got good news for you. As soon as you get your eyes set on God, you're going to come to a powerful, powerful reality. You're going to find out his eyes are on you. One reason we have a hard time believing God is for us is because we've not been looking at him lately. But when you get your eyes on him, you're going to find out he's for you and he's looking over you. Jesus. And the spirit falls on Jehoshaphat. This is what he says. Don't be afraid. Tomorrow. It's right here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Tomorrow is in a fool's vocabulary. Really? Read the Bible. People say that's a scripture. Tomorrow is a word in a fool's vocabulary. That's not a scripture. That's a dumb saying. I know what James said. James said, be careful not to talk tomorrow to, to, about tomorrow in some careless way. We rather should say, if God be willing. Remember the old saints, how they used to say that? If God willing. James is trying to remind us that we don't flippantly talk about tomorrow because tomorrow is not just an assumption we should all take. But I want to tell you this. If you got your eyes on God, you have a tomorrow. And the prophet reminds them, you're going to wake up tomorrow. Tomorrow you're going to see the hand of God. In fact, you're not even going to have to fight. All I need you to do is show up. Don't touch your neighbor, but look at him and say, hey, neighbor, just show up. Half of the battle is just showing up to let the enemy know, yeah, you bad, but you don't scare me. I ain't scared. Doesn't mean I don't have to take wisdom and precaution. It just means I refuse to unnecessarily worry. Yeah. 
because God gave me a word that tomorrow all I got to do is wake up and show up. And here's what I want to tell you. Just keep showing up, church. I'm not just talking, I'm not talking about the building. I'm just talking about every morning you wake up, bring it. Bring it. Just get up and say, you know what? Today I'm not taking steps back. Today I'm not regressing in my journey. Today I'm not going to lose more faith. Today I'm not going to get weaker. Today I'm going to get up and recognize this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Bring it. Somebody holler, bring it. Just keep bringing it. Just keep getting up every day. Deciding I'm not running, I'm not hiding, I'm not camping out in fear. I'm going to focus on my Father. I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to declare Psalm 91 over my babies and my wife and over my church. He that dwelleth. I think I'll just help myself right here. I think I'll just open up my Bible and declare it over you right now. I think I'll pray, I'll prophesy it over you and everybody watching. I've heard people this week say, this is not a magic potion. I know it's not a magic potion. It's actually a promise which is much more powerful than a potion. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under, this is my final sermon point right here, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you'll take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that walks in darkness or destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling, for he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in your hands, lest you lest they dash a foot against their stone you shall tread upon the lion and cobra the serpent and the young lion you'll trample underfoot because God says this back to him because he has set his love upon me saith the Lord I will deliver him I will set him on high because he's known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I declare that that is the word of the Lord. I declare it is our portion. I declare it is his promise. And I don't know about you, but in moments like this, I want to get a little closer to him than I was yesterday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So today, I want to do what Jehoshaphat did. I want to pray. I want to seek him. I want to take an intentional moment to refocus my heart and my faith on him. I'm thankful and we owe a debt of gratitude 
to every scientist and every doctor and every, amen, every nurse and all those on the front line, those working in health departments and CDC and all those working hard. I'm thankful for their work. And I'm grateful God is touching their hearts because I truly believe this with all my heart. All healing comes from God. Medicinal, supernatural, momentary, whatever kind of healing it is, I believe all healing comes from God. But they will tell you, we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. To some extent, we know what to do, but to some extent, we don't know what to do. So today, God, I've just come to say, our eyes are on you. We need you today, Abba. Come to this land. You've got our attention now. We're crying out for your presence, for your help. Somebody just begin to lift your voice and ask him for his help. I'm going to open the altar. If you want to come and pray, you can. If, 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 you're, if you have to leave, we understand. I, I, I just feel like this moment we're supposed to join with believers around this nation and some around the world. And on a day when the highest office in the land has initiated and called for a day of prayer, I believe there's a certain authority that rests on us now as the ecclesia to come to the courts of heaven and into the throne of grace and begin to lift our voice and make petitions. And so I want everyone who needs a moment to say, I gotta keep my eyes on you, Lord. Can you just find a place to pray? I don't want anybody praying for anybody. These next few moments while you're online and while you're in this room is a time and a season and a moment to cry out to God for help. And I just want to say this, lift your voice in prayer. Don't just think prayers. I want you to lift your voice in prayers. And I don't want you to worry about who's next to you for a few moments. I just want us to draw near to God again. And while everything in our world is being shaken, just get back to the thing in your heart that doesn't get shaken, and that's your relationship with God, your faith in God. We cry out. We need your help. Come back to our land. We confess we've lived in sin. Please show your power once again. We cry out we need your help come back to our land we come
confess we've lived in sin please show your power once again sing that with me come on as they pray we cry come back to our land Confess our sins. Desperation up a little louder right here. Help us today, God. Help us. Help us today, God. Come help us today.
and sin, God. You have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on America. Have mercy. Have mercy on us, oh God. We need your mercy. We don't know what to do. We have no power in ourselves. Our eyes are upon you today. You are the source of our strength and the strength of our life, God. moments of prayer. I asked Tobin to sing this song as we continue to pray for the next few moments. I want us to take authority right now in the name of Jesus. And I want us to pray and to believe that God can supernaturally obliterate fear and will supernaturally, I really believe this, I know this sounds crazy, but our God at one word can destroy every trace of this virus. I know that sounds crazy, and some people think it sounds crazy, but if the Lord says it's done, it's done. And I believe he has the power in his word, in his word to do that. Can we just stand and agree or kneel wherever? As they begin to sing this, I just want us to continue to pray for America and lift our voice to God for healing and for winds of refreshing to come. I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak and move and I believe he's doing it all over this building and to those who are watching online right now I want you to pray with us for the next few moments for our nation for our leaders and for God to give healing from this virus and every other sickness that have smitten the soul of America let's pray right now for the Lord God to begin to move would you just begin to sing that Tobin just continue to pray
Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit Hallelujah. out. Yeah. On your people. Send revival. Send revival to this land. Save America. Pour your spirit Pour your spirit out. On your I want to pray two things and then we'll be done. The first thing I want to do is pray for people to experience God's provision in ways they can't imagine in this moment. Maybe this isn't affecting you and I pray it doesn't affect you. There are a lot of people it is affecting already. And I also then want us to pray that in this moment, where people are considering the fact that life doesn't last forever, we would be good stewards of the message of the gospel, which is a message of eternal life through Christ. Lord, we agree now in prayer together today for the financial sector and the financial situation many people are dealing with. Some have not tasted and felt it. Some have already, some will. I am simply asking you now, God, to work in supernatural ways so that our people see that you really know how to take care of them, God. I pray that you would just put a protection over Chattanooga, that, and Lord, we're not ignorant and neither are we willing to accept the fact that this situation has caused tremendous uncertainty in the financial situation of many Americans. God, we know that. But I just want this morning for us to keep our eyes on you and know that you feed the sparrow and you clothe the lily and you will take care of your children. I pray, God, for the blessing of the Lord to be upon our people and for the protection and blessing of God to be upon our city. Bless Chattanooga, Lord. Keep your hand over Cleveland and Chattanooga and Ringgold and Utawa. Lord, keep your hand over Dalton and Athens. Keep your hand over this region. God, would you just protect us and keep us? I know, Lord God, it's a crazy prayer, but you're able. You're able. Lord, you're able to mark that which belongs to you. And when all the lights went out in Egypt, Goshen kept the light on. 
And today, God, I'm praying you'll keep the lights on. You'll keep your people in a place of provision and strength. And Lord, I pray now that the church would be a lighthouse. God, help us to not fumble the ball. You've handed us the ball in this critical moment in the fourth quarter of the game. Don't let us fumble it because we're distracted by foolish, unfruitful comments and conversations. May we not get sucked into the, the mass ignorance. May we keep our eyes on the big picture and the main thing. I pray for souls today, God. Oh, come on, let's just pray right here that a whole wave of laughs would come into the kingdom of God. Come on, Jesus, it's harvest time. I want you to hear me. On a Tuesday night two weeks ago, standing right over there in a Tuesday night prayer meeting, the Lord spoke to me and said, we just, and we had just come into March when God dealt with my heart about this. He said, Kevin, remember that the latter rain, rain brings in the harvest. The latter rain falls in Israel in March and April. And what it does is it ushers in the harvest of souls. Actually, for the agriculturalist and the farmer of Israel, it brought in the harvest of the seed they had put in the ground. But in the spirit, Joel talks about the same kind of, of thought when he says the latter rain would come and that the harvest would come. He's taking a page out of the farmer's book and he's saying, just like the farmer knew the harvest was coming when the latter rain began to fall, so you and I need to expect harvest when the latter rain of his spirit begins to fall. It's an opportunity to see a harvest of souls come in. I know this is a different environment than the one we thought we'd be doing Easter in, but I want to tell you right now, I truly believe with all my heart, people are going to seek and search for life and peace. And may they find it because of a church that is a blazing lamp of the goodness of God in this hour. I mean a blazing torch. Not some puny, anemic thing that's turned into another social entity. May we be the prophetic voice of God in the earth pointing souls toward Jesus Christ. We cannot fumble the ball. Preachers, stop arguing with each other and just exhi exhibit the love and the life of Jesus Christ. Let's just keep advancing the mission of Jesus. Lift your hands up. Let me bless you. Before I bless you and while your hands are up, remember this week, keep your mind on things above. Focus on him. Make sure you're watching the the app, I want everyone to get that. I'm not just trying to push something crazy. You need it because it's a great way to stay connected with everything going on. Pay attention to social media. There will be no Wednesday night church this coming Wednesday. We do know that we're going to take a break. We're going to reassess this week. And because information is coming in so quickly and it's so volatile, we will not be making long-term plans. Things will be decided on a week-to-week -week basis. Amen? And so make sure weekly you're keeping touch. Now, in Jesus' name, I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Father keep you in his grace, his goodness, and his glory. 
May your eyes be continually upon him this week. May the peace that passes understanding belong to you and be your portion. And in all that you do, may you now be activated by the Holy Spirit to go in the grace and in the power of our Lord and be the people of God. Be the people of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I love you all. Go in the peace of Jesus. Have a blessed week, and we will be in touch with you throughout this week. Go in the peace of our Lord.